Hello and welcome to Night in on Negotiation, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Knighton. My philosophy is that you cannot change the other person you negotiate with, but you can change how you negotiate with them to achieve better outcomes for you or your organization. This podcast series includes interviews, lectures, speeches, and webinars, and includes materials from all four of my books. For more information and free resources, please visit www.jnyden.com. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Today we'll be talking to Philip Eidson of The Art of Procurement. The Art of Procurement successfully hosted a mastermind or uh, event last week. That would have been October of 2020. And I'd like to talk to Philip today about some of his observations for procurement. Welcome, Philip. Could you introduce yourself? Yeah. First of all, thank you so much, Jeanette, for inviting me to the pod. So um, yeah, my name is Philip Heitz and I have 20 years uh, of better or worse of procurement experience. Um, you know, both on the direct material side and the indirect services. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a number of really interesting roles on the practitioner side up to being a head of international procurement and then moved over to the um, kind of service delivery and outsourcing and consulting side for a few years. Um, and then about five years ago, decided to take the plunge and uh, into the world of entrepreneurship and set up out of procurement. And I've been doing that for the last uh, five years now. So the Art of Procurement hosted a mastermind event last week. Could you tell us briefly about the Art of Procurement? Yeah, so the Art of Procurement, you know, when I set up Art of Procurement, it was, um, you know, I just left the corporate world and I had, uh, I was really focusing my, my business as being an expert in procurement outsourcing and procurement organizational design and delivery models and transformation. Because that's where I'd had a lot of experience, both from the practitioner side and the consulting side. And at the same time, um, you know, setting up any new business, you think, how can I uh, get people to know I can trust me? How can I network? And being a little bit of an introvert, you know, how can I do that without necessarily standing up on the front of the stage at all the different events that go on everywhere? Um, so I decided to start a podcast, uh, you know, much like this. And, um, you know, that has really been, that's driven a lot of the things that we've done from a content perspective. You know, after procurement, when I think of it from a content side of what we do, is all about inspiring people to, you know, think differently about the role of procurement, think differently about their impact, uh, learn from others, you know, from their success stories, from their transformation journeys, from their lessons learned and from failures. Um, so that they can realize that, you know, they're empowered to drive change on their own. They don't need to wait for somebody else to tell them how to do it. Um, you know, that podcast, ironically, just literally today as we're recording this, the middle of October, just passed half a million listeners. Oh, that's so fantastic. It's just been amazing, the impact that we've had over the last few years and, you know, continue to try and do that um, week in, week out, which culminated in this event you talked about last week. And it was really, uh, it's our first uh, attempted a live digital event. It was over a couple of days. Uh, we had about 900 registrants um, and it was really trying to, uh, you know, look at procurement as being that today's a new day for procurement, um, that it's an opportunity with everything that's going on in the world for procurement professionals to shine, but they've got to really handle 
the, the, the spotlight, if you will, that they're under right now in, the, in a right way that enables them to do that over the long term rather than just to be seen as a tool to bring out in times of crisis and you know, to be put back in the toolbox as soon as things get back to normal. So we wanted to take attendees on a little bit of a journey of how to think about that, how to look outside of procurement, to use practices um, you know, that are more common in sales and marketing and customer experience and things to, um, to build deeper connections and deeper understandings of what our business really needs from us. That's a great segue into my first question for you. So you and I were talking a couple months ago now, and you made an interesting comment about CPOs and procurement departments needing to change. You've identified mm -hmm. a little bit because of COVID, being able to adapt to COVID. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit of what your conversations with chief procurement officers are indicating to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's um, really interesting times and, and COVID accelerates a lot of things that were going on already in the background. Um, and, you know, you think about COVID itself and the response for procurement professionals, you know, first of all, it's that maintain supply, kind of the panic a little bit to keep the, the wheels on. Um, but then it moves into more of a long-term thinking of what is procurement actually here to do. And, you know, I continue to see that um, driving cost savings is, is important. It will never go away. You know, we have built um, the profession of procurement on an ROI of saving money. And that's just how, you know, as procurement has professionalized, procurement has got the money to invest in all the resources that a lot of our organizations have today. So that's never going to go away. Um, what's been really interesting to me, so we did a survey actually of, of folks who registered for Mastermind, the event that we just talked about. And we had about 550 respondents to this survey. Um, and it was primarily aimed at chief procurement officers and leaders. And, you know, we were able to kind of... Um, dissect the information to look by organizational level. So we had about 350 that were at the CPO head of department level that completed the survey. And one of the things we asked them was, what's your number one objective right now? And it was really interesting for me to see that while cost savings was the number one objective, it wasn't the runaway cost objective. I think something like 35% of chief procurement officers right now are saying that cost, cost savings is their number one objective. You know, and I, I'd have assumed that that number would be a lot higher. Um, but actually, not far behind was growth, supporting organizational growth. And I think that was something like 25% uh, had that as their primary objective. Um, third was uh, sustainability and diversity, which was really interesting to me, um, that that is maintaining its importance. And actually, risk mitigation was all the way down in fourth place for an objective. So what all that says to me is it, the, the promising thing for me is that we're really diversifying our value proposition. So for so long, uh, procurement has talked about, you know, trying to get away from this idea of just being all about cost savings. I say, well, that's never going to happen 100%. It's really interesting to see that we're moving away from that in its entirety. And I was really encouraged to see growth being uh, number two. Um, but, you know, as you think about um, this opportunity, I, I kind of touched on it before, you know, that this is procurement's time in the spotlight with everything going on um, right now related to COVID. How we respond, I think, is, um, 
I hesitate to use this word because I don't really like hyperbole particularly, but it almost feels like it's an existential uh, moment where if you respond in a way that um, really supports the underlying business needs, it really uh, drives collaboration and partnership and connection with those, all of your stakeholders, whether they're internal stakeholders or external stakeholders, that really positions you at kind of the center of this ecosystem. If you go into it with the same old, same old, I'm just going to go and beat up my suppliers and get some short-term savings, then as soon as the business cycle changes, you, that's not gonna be needed anymore. And while in the past, we, procurement may have been able to rely on there being another business cycle where cost savings comes back into fashion and is needed, you know, next time around, you may find that um, a lot of those jobs have gone and they've been automated, um, you know, and responsibility for buying has been devolved back into the business. So I think that it's, um, you have to focus on the big picture right now. Um, and if procurement departments do that, then I think that the future is pretty bright. It's fascinating. This leads me to another question, though. Um, you know, we're talking about supporting organizational growth as the second most important mm -hmm. goal of the uh, leadership that you polled. But at the same time, we're seeing the workforce in the United States anyway shift yeah. from a baby boom generation to the millennial generation, with the millennial generation being defined as those born between 1980 and 1998. How do you see the increase in younger and potentially less experienced workers than baby boomers in this environment um, impacting procurement? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I say this having, you know, I try and tell myself sometimes that I am still part of the millennium, a millennial generation that I missed it by a couple of years, <laughs> I think. Um, it's, you know, the workforce in procurement is shifting. Um, I think that um, just naturally, you know, as you get younger and younger employees in the workforce within procurement, and this is across any um, function, they're a lot more digital native. So, you know, when you think about what that means for procurement, if you've been in procurement for, let's say, 40 years, and you've really grown up with a profession, you know, you have this, this view and, and perspective of how procurement works. And, you know, a lot of people have changed that perspective over time, but a lot of folks may not have done. Um, you have this digital native that comes in and says, well, you know, buying should be easy. Buying should be one click. Why are we making it so hard? Um, and that's both from a stakeholder perspective and a procurement professional perspective. So I think, you know, as we get um, younger and younger folks within the profession, it's just going to continue to accelerate digital transformation. Um, because there's an expectation that we're like, why are we making this so hard? Um, I think also that, um, you know, from a good, I see this as a positive is we get a lot more diversity of thought. So um, you, you know, I've been in procurement for 20 years and um, I don't think we've changed as much as we can do on that regard. You know, you still see today here in 2020 job postings, where people are hiring people that look like them. And I don't necessarily mean look like them in you know, their gender or their color of their skin, but in terms of their thought process. Um, and I think that as you get younger leaders coming into the profession, then they're more likely to look for um, you know, differences, different perspective, different opinions. Um, Procurement has a 
has an interesting personality because I, I work on both the procurement side and also the sales side, yeah. supporting contract negotiations. And there's definitely a personality difference with procurement. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a little bit about how this diversity and the millennial generation might also be impacting personality of procurement as a function? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, one of the things that I think is at the heart of it, and, and I really hate using labels. So, you know, I'm saying this, um, I think that there's a, you know, it's all about mindset. So somebody who's been in the profession for 60, well, sorry, for 40 years, you know, can have the same mindset as somebody who's been in the profession for two years. Um, but it's this idea of, sh it's like sharing, uh, being open with information and transparent. You know, I think that folks who have been in the profession for longer view information as power. And you're coming from a place where, um, you know, back in the day, a lot of procurement was, and unfortunately still is today in a lot of places, it's all about leverage and power dynamics. And it's not that that's not important, you know, as you know, in your negotiation um, teaching, for example, but it's, is that how you're really going to build win-win relationships? Um, and I don't think it is. So that's, I see this a greater openness from people who have been in the profession less to actually put all the cards on the table, you know, not be afraid to overshare. And I think that drives strengthened relationships. I think it drives strength and trust. And ultimately, you know, what we're, we should all be in this for is to help our businesses be stronger because of the relationships we're able to forge in our supply base. Um, and I think that's a, um, that, that shift in mindset that typically comes from folks who haven't been in the profession for as long, I think that helps, you know, that's a benefit. And, you know, the other thing I'd say on that is that as you think about what procurement as a, the personality of procurement as a function looks like, we're seeing more and more people coming from outside the profession into senior procurement roles. Um, and I think that some of that is because businesses have looked at, you know, perhaps the career CPO who's been in procurement all the time, um, or the leaders within procurement as not necessarily having that connection with the business stakeholders and truly understanding the, the pressures and the priorities and the objectives of the stakeholder. And, you know, I, again, I, I hesitate in saying this, but it's, oftentimes it's easier to train somebody from outside of procurement. Or so let's say somebody who comes with a marketing background to be responsible for marketing procurement. It's easier to teach them the, the technical skills in procurement than it is to teach a, a technically sound procurement person how to build relationships with marketing people. And I think that drives a difference in, in who we are and what we do. You know, this is really interesting because if there's a strong percentage of leadership who want to support organizational growth mm -hmm. and need therefore to be focused on the big picture, you've got a workforce now that is coming in that's younger, more diverse, is willing to be more open, putting the cards on the table. That really will support organizational growth far more than the traditional functional procurement of cutting costs, information is power. I'll have two or three suppliers or vendors, which is even a worse term in my it's like buying it's like we're buying hot dogs off the side exactly. of the street. Exactly. Yeah. And so we've got, you know, hot dog vendor A, hot dog vendor B, hot dog vendor C, and I'll negotiate with all three of them 
to see which is my final best offer from yeah. them and uh, and then choose that way and that and that is a really old school methodology but that's not going to support organizational growth so are you seeing any of the workforce now, the folks that are coming in that are wanting to put cards on the table, are they making the connection and feeling empowered with their skill set to support organizational growth, to focus on the big picture, to focus on supporting their internal stakeholders? Mm-hmm. I, I would answer that to say it depends, and it depends upon the organization that they're within you know what's the culture of the organization that they're working with and what's the perspective of their leadership team i think if uh, you know ultimately it's driven from the top so if you are in an organization that is still thinking very much old school it's really hard to um um to necessarily be you know be everything that you can be if you take that approach because there's still different organizational objectives so i don't think it's going to change 100 percent until we get to a point where it's really recognized at the leadership uh, level in you know a broad um a broad base of procurement organizations that that is perhaps a more effective way to go than look at traditional old school procurement um but I, I, what i would encourage people is if they're in an organization where the culture isn't um necessarily aligned with partnership and um collaboration and all those things is that that doesn't mean that you can't do that at your category level or your sourcing event level because that's how i would take it you know i was in organizations that was, were very old school i i grew up in the automotive business mm. um but just because you grew up in the automotive business in my case doesn't mean that you're just going to go around and beat up all your suppliers you know, you can do that within your sourcing events or your categories and build relationships with individuals, even if that might not uh, align with what um, your, um, your, the CPO ultimately wants or the approach that they're taking, because you can take those experiences elsewhere. Um, you know, don't feel as though you're stuck in a situation where you're going to be there forever and it's kind of a hopeless cause. Do it, do it at a local level and you'll always be stronger for those experiences and somebody else will value them. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm thinking through some of the work that I've done on procurement and that tension between old school uh, leverage and process Mm -hmm. versus the long-term benefits of of building relationships. So our final question this uh, today for this interview is any advice that you might have for procurement professionals who are also negotiating contracts as we enter 2021? You know, I would say, uh, I actually want to kind of jump on just the last uh, conversation that we had um, around one of the pieces of advice, which is, you know, trust yourself. You know, it's, it's what I would when you have that, uh, that disconnect where you're being pushed to be aggressive and you're not wanting to take that approach, I would always take my, my perspective was almost, was always that if you take the relational, um, approach, then the results will take care of themselves. And, um, it's just something that I really believed in. Now, if I come back to 2021 and advice for procurement and contracting professionals, um, you know, when I was thinking about that, Um, I was thinking around, um, you know, you as a professional thinking about, are you indispensable? You know, ask yourself, is what you're doing, is the value that you're creating directly aligned with what a business needs? And if it doesn't, why not? And is that something that you have the power 
to change because you know organize even though procurement and contracting professionals are in uh, are what i often say are part of the solution to the problems that our organizations are having right now you know it doesn't mean that we're not immune to budget cuts and all the the difficult things that come along with that so i would ask yourself that from a personal perspective when I think about that from a professional perspective, the thing that comes to mind is, you know, how can you enable optionality for your business in the contracts that you write and the sourcing events that you do? How can you help prepare for, uh, so that those contracts can um, be, that you can make changes when business needs change, that you're not stuck into doing something for three years or five years without any ability to make adjustments. Because I think that's the one thing that we all know is nobody knows what's going to happen in the next three months or six months or 12 months. Um, and those businesses that have the ability to change quickly and that, whose contracts allow that are going to be the ones that ultimately come out on top. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. We, my co-author Lawrence Kane and I keep talking about uh, the rolling pandemic we've labeled it because we're past the force majeure the initial shock now mm -hmm. we're into the continued change to adapt to the uncertainty of uh, a pandemic globally and what it's going to mean to the supply chain so I think you're absolutely right as all professionals, procurement, sales, contract, we need to be absolutely relevant and we need to be able to change and adapt as, as needed. Yeah, you know, there's, I think it's always been the case, but it's highlighted just by everything that's going on is there's no such thing as constant. So it's always about how, for you and your business, how do you put, how do you put your business in the best position to change? But how are you thinking about your continued evolution and growth? Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, this, there is no normal anymore. And I think this just highlights it with what's right. going on around us. Right, I think you're absolutely right. Well, thank you very much. This is Jeanette Knighton speaking with Philip Eidson of the Art of Procurement. Philip, where can people find more information about the Art of Procurement? Yeah, it's fairly straightforward. So if you just go to artofprocurement.com, that's artofprocurement.com, there is uh, everything there is to know about us. If you want to specifically look for the podcast, it's just artofprocurement.com slash podcast. And of course, I'm more than happy to connect with anybody on LinkedIn as well. Very good. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you very much, Jeanette. Thank you very much. And I'll see you next time.